when we're not controlling all the time that doesn't mean that we're losers or that we've given up it just means that we're quiet or still it's a state of stillness and the state of stillness doesn't seem particularly great to us in our Western culture because it's not good enough to be still that seems stagnant to us what seems good to us is to be progressive to be moving onwards onwards and upwards to be striving constantly but the thing about that is if we were to reflect upon it when we're striving constantly that's a very disturbed state that means that we're we're not okay where we are we're deficient in some way and we need to be somewhere else and of course that happens a lot in life I could be sitting here um, deficient in heat or deficient in food and then I'd have to go and get some and that's a normal biological thing but to be in a state of constant deficiency or constant lack so that I always have to be striving is frankly pathological and yet it's a type of pathological that passes for good mental health in our society there's nothing wrong with stillness stillness is what life is all about life isn't all about striving to attain things because when we do that we miss everything whenever we're trying to control or obtain an outcome this guarantees that we can't either see ourselves for who we are and we can't see the world for what it is everything is distorted by the goal everything is distorted by the focus on one particular thing which is overvalued so when we drop that and only when we drop that striving for a goal can we actually see anything truly otherwise strange though it may same seem to our Western ears to say that when we're striving we're living in a delusion and if we strive the whole time then we're living our entire lives in a delusion there are however two types of stillness and this is another confusing factor because even when we do appreciate as we will appreciate after after being put through the mill long enough of striving and being frustrated and striving and never really getting anywhere we will appreciate how great it is to be at peace but then the confusing factor here is that as I've just said there are two forms of stillness one is a forced form of stillness an artificial form of stillness which is where we make ourselves still and this is more like a state of paralysis than anything else it's a kind of a frozen state and we're kind of locked into it and there's nothing good in it either so there is nothing good in artificial stillness 
there's nothing wholesome in the type of stillness that we ourselves bring about. So we can control ourselves to be still, but that isn't still. That is merely um, stagnant. So stillness is an altogether more um, remarkable thing than that. But of course, we find that we come back to the same apparent, apparently insurmountable problem here. If stillness that I make myself, manufactured stillness, is no more than a prison that will yield no benefits to me whatsoever, even if I were to spend 30 years in a state of artificial stillness, that would only do me damage, it would do me no good at all. But then when we learn that real stillness is stillness that hasn't been brought about, that hasn't been engineered, that isn't the result of some method or other, whether it's a method of meditation or a method of anything. So when we learn that, of course, we're back to square one again, because as always, there's nothing we can do we're powerless to bring this state of stillness about. And not only that, when we try to bring a state of natural stillness about, we create extra conflict. We create a more tangled web to get caught up in. So as it is said in Taoism, To attempt to accord with the Tao is to deviate from the Tao. Like most of our everyday life, goal-orientated as it is, is a deviation from the Tao. We're striving for the unreal and that's a deviation from the natural harmonious situation where we're not striving, but are just part of whatever is going on present in whatever is going on. So in most of our lives we're busy creating conflict, creating self-contradictions for ourselves, problems that we have to try and solve and which when we do, if we do, we just simply create more problems. And then when we get tired of that and we try to accord with the great harmony that is in life, with the Tao, we mess it up even more. And those in our regular everyday frame of mind are the only two options we have. Striving to get something to happen or striving to get it not to happen. which we can call yes and no. And really, as long as we're utilizing the thinking mind to guide us in whatever, in whatever manner, in whatever we're doing, we're always going to be trapped in this way because the thinking mind operates on the basis of yes and no. It's a, it's a binary kind of a thing. It's a digital kind of a thing. This is the only way thought can ever work. Thought works by seeing 
in its essence, ThoughtWorks, by seeing whether something fits into its category or not. If it does, it's yes. And if it doesn't fit into that category, well, it's obviously it's a no. And there's nothing else. There is absolutely nothing else. And the assumption that's being made here by Thought, necessarily, Thought has to make this assumption in order to be Thought, is that its categories are relevant to some kind of external objective reality. That's the only thing that makes thought make sense. It's the only thing that um, makes us take it seriously. But thought and reality have nothing in common because reality contains no categories. It contains no yes and no. It doesn't contain any boundaries. There's no edges. There's no things which are hemmed in by edges and then you get another thing. That perception we have of the world, which is the perception we have of the world being made up of things, of being made up of edges, is merely thought's way of working. We're just perceiving thought's categories and we're projecting that into the outside world as if that's how the world itself is. And the world itself is not a digital phenomenon in that way. It's not made up of separate things, in other words. As the Buddhist saying goes, nothing, nothing ends but it changes. So a change isn't a boundary type thing. A boundary is an end followed by a beginning, which is how the mind works. In reality, there isn't that beginning and ending, there is just change. And that's very hard for us to get our head around. So the first thing we need to do is to find some other way of being in the world, some other way of relating to the world that isn't all about our thinking. 